from the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. I saw a, a posting on the website of the Virginia Citizens Defense League, which is a, a gun rights organization. People here are familiar with what we call ERPOs, or Extreme Risk Protection Orders, right? That's when somebody is considered mentally ill or incompetent in some way or has made violent threats. And it allows a judge to order that that person be disarmed as a way to try to prevent some kind of a horrible shooting incident. And so I, uh, I saw a piece on uh, this website saying that these these types of red flag laws must be opposed. So I want to find out more about it, which is why we've called up Philip Van Cleve, who is the president of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. So how would you describe your organization, Philip? Uh, The Virginia Citizens Defense League is a gun rights organization. Uh, We were formed uh, back in 1995 when Virginia uh, was up to a judge if you got a concealed carry permit. And uh, we got that law changed to where basically, you know, you're allowed to get one unless the government can show that you shouldn't have one. And we're a watchdog. We're always on the lookout for violations by the government of of our, uh, our right to keep and bear arms. And an educational group. We make sure our members know the laws and uh, keep everybody up to date on all that stuff. Is it true that Eleanor Clift, the uh, the columnist, once described you as a gun rights organization that makes the NRA look moderate? Yes, yeah, yeah. We're, we're to the right of the NRA, I think. Uh, okay. So what what's the problem you have with these uh, these red flag laws? Well, there's a whole plethora of things wrong with it. Uh, and it all deals with our constitutional rights. Um, it basically uh, goes after the second, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh amendments. Um, there's all kind, you know. It, the idea behind it is it's one of these things where, I guess, you have to say that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, uh, the red flag laws, for one thing, don't give you due, true due process until after. The police have showed up, pointed guns at you, and taken away all your guns. Uh, you may well not even have any idea why they came and knocked on your door at 5 a.m. and took all your guns, because they don't have to tell you that they're coming. They don't have to tell you if there's a problem. This could be something, um, as they're finding out in some states, uh, it's just somebody getting revenge on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... It's uh, the due process is a big, big problem. You know, you need to have your right in court before the government steps forward without you having committed a crime and taking away your property. But you're okay, for example, with the convicted felon having his guns taken away, right? Yeah, he should be able to get his rights back once he's done his time. And in Virginia, you can get your rights restored. But uh, um, and it depends on the type of felony. Somebody wrote a hot check 30 years ago. Really, we're worried about them getting the gun rights back. Meanwhile, the guy robbed the bank. Well, that's it's a different. That's a whole different type of felony. There's, there's so many. It's so easy to get a felony anymore that it's it's no longer what it used to be. A really, really, really serious crime. You know, if you're walking around with a feather from a bald eagle, you can be charged with a felony. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, good. Um, that's 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 a, a fair point. Uh, what about involuntary commitment of people who are mentally ill? That is, I know it's tougher than it used to be, but that is also done where the where once a judge has decided that you're a danger to yourself or to other people, we're not just going to let you roam around, you know, attacking people. Yes, and and that's fine. Uh, The persons uh, in Virginia, we have something like that, too, where, you know, you're put in for an evaluation, but at the end of 72 hours, 
um, you know, they can decide, nope, he, this, this guy's okay. You know, he was, his blood sugars were low. That's why he was acting strangely. He's okay. Uh, whatever. You don't lose your rights. You know, once, once they've evaluated you after 72 hours, you're back to where you left off. And, um, you know, there is, there is due process with you being brought in and, 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 and so forth. And you've actually done something usually that uh, brings attention. But that's, yeah, we're fine with that. Um, but Would you trust somebody like that with a weapon? Flag. Would you trust someone like that with a weapon? Well, again, in, in, in a little about Washington State, in Virginia, if they do find that you have to be committed uh, because the problem, there is a problem that needs treatment, then you lose your right to bear arms mm-hmm. until you go back and show that you have now been you know, you're now okay again. They've got you on medicine to fix the problem or whatever. Okay. But so no, then the... no, obviously you don't want somebody that's truly uh, out of their mind uh, well, doing anything, driving cars or doing anything else. Agreed. Okay, so what about the next, the next phase in this then, where we search social media or somebody is, you know, uh, on social media and they see someone making a threat and maybe posing with guns and maybe saying, uh, boy, I sure do admire the Columbine killers and the Christchurch killers. You know, I'm thinking about doing this myself. Would that kind of thing be enough to warrant taking that person's weapons away? No, you need to, if there's a problem, then they need to bring that person in in with with his attorney, and they need to figure out if he's committed a crime. Uh, First Amendment does protect you from saying things that are horribly unpopular. Making threats is a different issue. If you've crossed the line and you've broken the law, then you should be brought in in front of a judge. This whole idea that somebody doesn't like it and thinks it's bad, and then they come and take your guns without you having a chance to defend that, to even say, I didn't write that. You know, mm-hmm. somebody uh, hacked me, hacked my account online and put all that stuff up there. I didn't write that. You know, that's due process. That's your chance to prove that, that you, know, you, you know, you are not uh, or you did not commit the issues that they say you did. Yes, well, clearly, if it's a false accusation, yeah, you don't want to act on a false accusation. But I'm trying to figure out where you would allow the authorities to attempt to prevent something rather than simply responding to it. Because the problem with all these mass shootings is, yes, you can have armed teachers, you can uh, have cops located in the building, but uh, a lot of us would like to make sure they don't happen at all. And it always happens after these things that there turns out the guy dropped all sorts of hints he was going to do this. So assuming it was not a case of mistaken identity and assuming they figured out either by talking to friends or parents that this guy was serious and had access to weapons, could the police act at that point to try to prevent something like this or not? And again, I would say no. And let me tell you, the one thing that's, that's missing in all of this is let's say, let's say you're right. The person was really dangerous. Yeah. So they come in. And they take his guns and they leave him there. Now, how does that make any sense? You're telling me that he can't commit suicide uh, if you take his guns. He can't kill other people if you take his guns. He can't get in his car and just rip plow it into a crowd of people. He can't poison people. He can't do this, that, and the other. No, you're not getting him any help. You're leaving this quote-unquote dangerous person un- untouched. He, if he's that dangerous, what is he doing walking around with the rest of us, with or without guns? That's where the red flag laws really fall apart. They're all about gun confiscation. If it was about helping somebody or preventing a crime, they would do something with the individual. He's the danger, not an inanimate object that he wants to use to harm others. 
Yeah, I think the reason for that is you're right. They're not sure he's actually going to do it, but they have enough of a hint that whatever he's about to do, they don't want him to use a gun for it. So, uh, you know, it's all, it'd also be like a neighbor saying, well, I think I think my my, my neighbor over there is going to drive drugs. So please show up at 5 a.m. and take all of his cars away. Um, it, it's... Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely entirely opposed to that idea, actually. If there's somebody who has information that a guy's about to drive drunk, um, I can see where, if not take his cars away, at least with cars you could attach some sort of alcohol interlock to prevent him from driving. But you don't like any of that stuff. That's too creepy for you, I'm guessing. Well, you know, that's the beauty of about America, you know, is we've got liberty. And with liberty, though, comes a certain amount of risk. That's just the way it is. Plus, we don't live in, in a nirvana where we can truly control things. You can do, you know, look, crack cocaine is illegal everywhere, totally illegal. Yeah. Can you find it anywhere? Oh, yes, it's all over the place. That's true. Because you can't stop people. Uh, intent on doing something by merely taking. Okay, okay, but wait, because crack, crack cocaine. That's something, though, you do to yourself. And frankly, you know, if people are going to do it to themselves, you're right. I, I can't stop them from doing it. But you can't, you know, fling crack cocaine at a classroom full of children and kill them that way. That's the big difference you, to me between guns and crack cocaine, knives, fists, nunchucks. You know, with a, with a decent AR-15-style weapon, one guy who's crazy can kill a whole lot of people. Oh, uh, one guy killed a lot more than with an AR-15 with a handgun in Virginia. Here, well, whatever. Tech, yeah, a gun of any kind or a, or a hand grenade is, or a bazooka. You know? I mean, these a, are... a lot of these things are said, oh, we prevent suicides with this. And I guess what I'm pointing out there is that, the, the, you know, you, you can still commit suicide without a gun. So, again, the red flag laws for suicide would be totally, totally yeah. well, I'm not talking about suicides. I'm not talking about suicide. Suicides are tragic, and, and actually I realize that represents most of the gun deaths in the country. And I, and I will agree with you that if somebody's intent on killing themselves, they, it's very tragic, but they will find a way. What, what I think really spooks parents, though, and anybody who goes into a public place these days, quite frankly, is that some maniac with a, uh, a, a military-style weapon, as we call them, is going to take out a whole lot of people, not, and maybe himself too. But if he wants to take out himself, I can't stop that. But what I would like is for that not to include a bunch of other innocent people. So what we do all, you think would prevent would, it? Believe me. So, so tell me that. Well, what, what would be acceptable to you to prevent that kind of thing? Okay, well, what we suggest is that people be able to protect themselves wherever they go. Um, you don't know when somebody's going to fall through the system. This choke individual that shot up Virginia Tech twice um, he had been committed, and Virginia had rules that that was supposed to be reported and take away his rights. It didn't happen. It doesn't matter how the person decides he's going to kill a bunch of people, whether whether he slipped to the cracks, whether he was normal and he, something went wrong in his life and he suddenly changed. What matters is that when, when the chips are down, you've got to be able to protect yourself because the police can't guaranteed to, are not guaranteed to be there uh, anytime quickly enough to save your life. Um, and that's a big deterrent in itself. You know, there, we don't have mass shootings at gun shows. We don't have them at police stations. We don't have them where people are walking around armed. That's the, the, the only real way you've got of handling the situation, other than when somebody commits a crime, getting them off the streets and lock them up if it's a violent crime. As long as they're still dangerous, 
they, they should not be mixing with the general public in any way, shape, or form. They should not be around us if they're not uh, safe enough to, to live amongst us without you know, committing violent crimes. That's, that's, that's one other solution. So metal detectors at schools? Again, I can I could give you all kinds of ways you can get around that. You know, all a person has to do is toss the gun over the fence, then go in through the metal detectors, go out into the schoolyard, retrieve their gun, and do what they're going to do. That's just one example. Um, most of our security is security theater. We like to feel good about it, but there are ways around it. I've, I've seen it over and over again. Uh, I, I pointed out to a sheriff one time a huge loophole in security they had at a, at a building uh, for, the, for the local government. And um, it's, yeah, I, don't, I don't want to depend on that because if somebody gets by that security, everybody's unarmed and you're, you're, just, you know, you're just setting ducks at that point. So then we're getting back to the, the position that really nothing works and that there will always be someone who is uh, crazy and suicidal and ruthless enough to take out a lot of innocent people. But you know where that leads? I mean, that's, that's what fuels the argument for just total disarmament, for saying, I mean, someday, I don't know when it'll come, but someday there will be a massacre so horrendous that it will have the effect it had when it happened uh, in Australia. And the government will say, and, and they get, they'll get a majority of votes, um, we've had it. This is enough. We're going door to door. And if you want to try uh, to hide your guns, good luck. But by God, if we catch you with one of these things, we're going to lock you up and throw away the key because this was one massacre too far. Yeah, too bad they don't do that with real criminals nowadays, isn't it? Um, the, uh, no, we got a constitution for one thing. It says they can't just take your guns, in which case now you're into a, what you'd call a, a real crisis where the government has become tyrannical. Um, it, you know, we have protections against exactly that sort of thing. Why should we all give up our automobiles because somebody, some idiot purposely crashed it in and killed 50 people? Well, should we all give up our cars? No, you don't, you don't uh, get yourself, uh, you know, you don't, you, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but I mean, you don't do something to yourself because somebody else did something. In other words, if you think your neighbor right. has too many kids, you know. You but don't I can see, I'll tell you this, I can see where it will be mandated that all cars have automatic braking systems such that if you attempt to run into a person or, you know, just another car, it won't let you. It will stop you. As a matter of fact, I think trucks should be, after that thing that happened in New York, I think trucks should be fitted with that right now. There's no reason that any car should be designed that is uh, in a way that even allows it to plow into a stationary object, whether it be a human being or a brick wall. And yet guns, you can't yeah, redesign guns because if you, if you try to do that, you get boycotted by the NRA. Well, guns have a, have a purpose. Um, they're, they're purpose, uh, they're multiple purposes, but one is to save lives. Uh, nine times out of ten, if you ever had to draw a gun on a bad guy who was attacking you, he's going to disappear really fast. You're not going to have to pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, it's only one in ten where the guy is high on drugs or just flat out crazy that you then actually have to, to fire and the I have gun no problem with the self-defense use of guns. I, I actually follow self-defense cases, and uh, when when somebody pulls a gun on a guy trying to invade his home and shoots him, I say that's absolutely within your rights. It's even better, though— if the guy who invaded your home was unable to get a gun so that you had the drop on him. The problem with the school yeah. shootings, of course, is the, the shooter always has the element of surprise, and that's why we're talking about uh, prevention. If, you know, if it was, uh, what, the Virginia Military Academy or something like that, then, yeah, a guy would probably 
think twice, although I don't know if they allow their kids to their students to carry uh, arms at all anyway. But it's it sounds like you're saying that the extreme risk protection orders are now getting to be a, a bigger threat to freedom than the massacres they're intended to prevent. Yes, exactly. And that this could be extended to other things in the future, but right now it's aimed at gun confiscation. And in Maryland, it got a gun owner killed uh, right after they implemented it. The family member that, that issued, you know, one of the red flag then told the police, well, but he wasn't really a danger. You know, yeah. that basically she admitted she was just getting back at her, I don't know if it was her uncle or what, but uh, she got back at him all right. He's dead. Um, but they were seeing a lot of that. They were finding, I think it was something like over a third of them were false. And I can, well, I can understand that. Somebody doesn't like you and they've got a way to make your life miserable, to make you spend thousands of dollars in court fees for something you didn't do, shouldn't have had your rights taken away. That's going to be tempting for, for a lot of people out there that, that have, you know, uh, temper issues. So is your group, the Virginia Citizens Defense League, is, are you going to go uh, challenge these laws in court? Well, right now we don't have any in Virginia, and we're fighting. Three years now in a row they, put, they tried to put them in. We beat them back. Um, so we don't have them in Virginia, and we don't want them in Virginia. So, yeah, if, if we can't stop it legislatively, we will absolutely uh, go to the courts. And we're watching the federal situation, too. We're going to be involved in trying to... Uh, stop the federal effort. The federal effort doesn't actually make a federal red flag law. What it does is it's doing something the same way we got the 55-mile-an-hour speed limits back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The federal government is saying, okay, states, if you don't implement this, we're not going to give you a bunch of money. Yeah. So it's kind of a bribery thing. That's how the federal government gets states to do things. And uh, so we're also trying to see if we can uh, can stop that. That's not what the federal government should be doing. Philip Van Cleve is the president of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. Philip, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form, unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News, you can say, not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe, and then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.